on this episode of the Oklahoma Breakdown with Iker and Layman, presented by Riverwind Casino. We talk some OU football by discussing some exciting recruiting news and Mikey Henderson's dismissal from the program. In the National College Football Roundup, we discuss whether or not players should feel obligated to share their name, image, and likeness earnings with their teammates. And we finish up giving you our winners and losers of the week. Please download and subscribe to the podcast. Rate it five stars. Write us a good review. Follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Just search Oklahoma Breakdown on any of those, and you'll find us. All right. Our man, Michael Hostie, will kick this thing off. It's time for the Oklahoma Breakdown. It's a beautiful Thursday, July 8th, and you're listening to the Oklahoma Breakdown with Iker and Lehman, presented by Riverwind Casino. Riverwind is Oklahoma City's premier casino experience, and your health and safety are Riverwind's number one priorities. There are so many reasons why Riverwind is consistently voted OKC's number one casino, but it all starts with their amazing variety of gaming thrills and excitement. Riverwind's beautiful award-winning environment plays host to more than 2,800 of the latest electronic games with a huge selection of table games, including blackjack, blackjack match, roulette, and craps. No matter what your game, Riverwind has it in spades and hearts. And Fridays in July from 6 p.m. to midnight, you can win your share of $100,000 in cash and bonus play in Riverwind's $100,000 Freedom and Fortunes giveaway. That's a lot of money. If you need help finding your way, just visit riverwind.com, Riverwind Casino, simply the one. Now, we're recording this a little earlier than normal on Wednesday. Ted, I, I kind of like getting it done early. I'm not going to lie, but we, we've had such a, a rigorous schedule, but things get awfully flexible once I have a kid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's... Um... You try and pound it out whenever you can, and we've had an opportunity to do it at a, a few different times. It's kind of nice, so I'm I'm down. And full disclosure, and just a reminder, please leave us a five star review on Apple Podcasts and leave us a nice comment. Also, let us know who you want us to try to get on the podcast. The reason we're recording early is because we just recorded an interview with our man. We finally got him, Ted. Porter Moser, we did it. Love it. He was awesome. Brought the energy just like we expected. And uh, a cool little peek inside. You know, it's been, it's been interesting uh, from a Final Four run to a job change to uh, some new stuff, NIL thrust upon you. It's been, it's been a tough little transition for him, but he's handled it. This is all you need to know. Interview was so good, we decided – to save it for Monday's episode. We were like, you know what? People need all week to be able to listen to our man Porter, and he's fantastic. So can't wait for you guys to hear that. Ted, let's get to the OU football stuff. And do you want to start with 
Should we start with the good news? Let's start with yeah. good news, right? Good yes. news first, then bad news. Yeah, That's let's right. go good news. That's the best and way to do it. So the good news in the OU football realm comes from recruiting, right? I mean, you look at you look at it and some of the things that happened over the last couple of days. Sooners had a big time fourth of July, a lot of fireworks on fourth of July for OU football recruiting. You look at it now, all of a sudden, in the 2022 recruiting rankings, they're up to number six overall. If you look at it on a per-star basis or average per player, however you want to look at it, they're in the top five. And the biggest news so far, Derek Moore, a defensive lineman from the Baltimore area. This is a guy that looks college-ready. Already at 6'4 and 260 pounds, ESPN has him ranked as the number 25 overall prospect. Ted, this is a dude that looks the part, and frankly, this is the type of player that we've been talking about for years, right, that can make the difference. These are the types of – he is a type of guy at the line of scrimmage that can take OU's defense to an even higher level. And I feel like we both think that OU's defense is on a great trajectory right now, as is. But this is this is the type of player. This is the type of player that they hadn't been getting the last couple of years, and they're starting to get under Alex Grinch. Yeah, there's no doubt. Uh, you know, Derek Moore is – he's got to be one of the highest, maybe the highest defensive recruit that we've had, uh, you know, since, I guess, Buki, who – and maybe Caleb Kelly, who were five stars, um, you know, and, he's... And when you think defensive line-wise, what highest since Gerald, maybe? May, that may be right. Uh, R.J. Washington was a, was a five-star kid. Um, but, I mean, just a, there's just a small number of guys uh, that have been there. And here's the thing, you know, um, 6'4", 260 pounds, like... That's five-star measurements right there. That's, that's NFL measurements, and it can go any number of ways. He could um, you know, possibly be a, a big rush backer on the outside if he can do some stand-up stuff for him. He could be you know, maybe put 10, 15 pounds on, be a hand-down defensive end guy. He may put on 25 pounds, 30 pounds, and be an interior guy with great athleticism. You just never know where he's going to go, but he's got a great base to start. When he walks in, he's going to be – I mean, he's 6'4", 260 right now. Kid hadn't even played his senior year yet, so um, there's no telling what he's going to be by the time he shows up on campus. I, I think it's fantastic uh, to get a player like that. And what's great is it's a, a highly recruited kid, but it's not just a local guy that you had a natural in. It's all the way in Baltimore. And, you know, that that shows that this this coaching staff is coast to coast right now. Um, we got kids from, you know, California, Colorado, uh, Maryland, Texas, and we do have some local kids. So um, I, I think it's just fantastic what they've done. Yeah. And that's the that's the only thing you get concerned about. Right. Uh, we're talking class of 2022. Long time. Yeah. Now. Uh, between now and that early signing period. But you look at other exciting recruiting news for OU, Jacob Sexton, 
a four-star offensive lineman from Deer Creek. And I don't know. I was trying to think, has Wednesday, has there been, and I don't mean to, you know, sound like I'm coming at Deer Creek or anything, but has there been an impactful guy from Deer Creek to go to OU? I was trying to think about it. I couldn't remember uh, maybe, maybe back in the day a little bit, but I don't Deer know. Creek's grown so much. And now for them to have, it was three uh, A when I was in high school. There, it was a tiny school. Now it's six A. It's huge. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, and um, you hear everyone talk about this kid. He's big. He's got the size. Uh, six five two eighty five. What I like is he's he's got a good build to him. You know, sometimes uh, not Some of those guys that are super heavy. Uh, this is a, a guy that could build a really good, really good body, really good physique at that tackle position. He, he has, uh, you nailed it, Ted. He has the body type that I prefer for an offensive tackle, right? I, I'd rather a guy be a little light and lean and, for the strength staff and the coaching staff to have the ability to develop him a little bit as opposed to a guy that's real heavy, has unnecessary weight on him and where you have to work on getting some of that bad weight off first. I think when you start with the frame like Sexton's, you can just get right into developing the strength, the power, the muscle mass, all that stuff. You don't have to worry about taking something off before to build something on, you know what I'm saying? That's, that's kind of what I like now. Of course, there's some guys that are six, six, three twenty, and they look like they're made out of stone and you're like, Oh, okay. Yeah. That like, that guy looks good too, but there's just not many of those human beings in high school football. So I, I, I completely agree with what you're saying. seems like this kid has a frame where they can really build quickly onto it. Yeah. And, I'm just trying to think like uh, I think Samia was kind of that way and he started as a true freshman what in 2015 and he I think he was like 6'5", 280, 285 whenever they threw him out there and slowly over time he, he built weight and uh, put some good pounds on and turned into a fantastic player. So uh, Bill's done it both ways. He's had guys that come in and are just gigantic uh, and he's had guys that have that have built weight and constantly happen to uh, to try and add as as they go through. So, I think it's good. Yeah, a guy I think that has some wrestling in his background as well. Um, not sure how athletic he is, but moves well in the clips that I've seen from him. Now it's it's going to be interesting to see what he develops into. I'll say this: uh, you and I don't hide it. Always rooting for the local guys, man. The Oklahoma yep. kids. Come on, Sexton. Do the damn thing, son. Yeah, and I, I'll say this. Bill's had some good success recently with the uh, with the Oklahoma guys. Creed, uh, Rame, some local guys playing really good football. Yeah, and Jake Taylor, the four-star offensive tackle from Bishop Gorman, he's actually going to make his commitment after we are recording this. So, Dad, let's hope that this was a guy that I don't know if you got to talk to him. He was at the champion barbecue with a couple of his other teammates that made the trip there from Las Vegas, but definitely wouldn't hurt to have another, you know, high level offensive tackle commit, but 
Oh, we, we'd have to do a little time travel. Let should we should we assume he commits? What what, what he wants to go to Alabama instead? Gross. Yeah, no one wants that. Um, I just can't wait because of the constant major league references I'm going to be throwing out nonstop. Yes. It's good. Everyone needs to go ahead, get your refresher course on major league um, one and two, and um, you're, they're going to be coming. For the next four or five years, they're going to be they're going to be coming fast and furious. Yes, and Jake Taylor, that's our promise to you. That's our promise. We we will work that into all the broadcasts. We promise. So I will say this: He's down to OU, Notre Dame, and Alabama. If you're an offensive lineman, those are the three in my mind. Yep. Now, maybe you throw Ohio State in there, but the way that those three programs are developing O-linemen currently, that's, uh, that's kind of the, the top three in my mind as I look around the country. You, you really can't go wrong, but clearly we, uh, we're a little biased. Come on. Come on, Jake Taylor. Come on to OU. Yeah. Okay, so two, two other defensive guys. And we've said this before, Ted, and I think we're going to continue to say it. Alex Grinch has a type. He, he certainly has a type. You look at two commits they got recently on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, Xavion Bryce, who runs a 6'2", 175. He is tall, long, and lean. And Robert Spears Jennings, 6'2", 195. He is tall, long, and lean. And I know that some OU fans are like, oh, these guys are only three stars. Like, what? We should be four stars on the side. It's like, okay. I'm going to go ahead and trust Alex Grinch's evaluation. That's, that's where I'm at with this whole thing because yep. ever since he got here, it seems like he's figured some things out, Ted. So I'm going to go ahead and trust him and his staff's evaluation of these two athletes. Yeah, I, I don't think there's any doubt. They, they have a formula. They want guys that have size. They want, have, uh, want guys that are athletic. and want, They want guys that are super competitive. And if you can check all those three boxes, you got a really good shot. And yeah, I, I joke about it all the time, but they've got the, the hand going into the defensive meeting room. Uh, do not enter if you're not taller than, than this hand. So uh, it's, it's something. This team is changing before our eyes with what they look like. Yeah, and Spears Jennings being a, a local guy, from Broken Arrow. Love it. Love it. I, we always talk about keeping the best talent in this state here, whether it's Oklahoma or even Oklahoma State. And uh, I love when when these kids from the state of Oklahoma get a chance because, uh, and I don't want to make it sound like kids from the state of Texas don't care, but I, I know I, I always felt like I cared more because I was an Oklahoma guy and grew up an OU fan, all those types of things. And, you know, things have changed since then. It's, it's a little more about getting to the league and all that type of stuff now, Ted. But I, I just really think it's good to have a healthy amount of Oklahoma kids on the roster. And Spears Jennings, I was watching some things. I mean, that's a big athletic guy. Played both sides of the ball. Like he, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with him. Yeah, um, just another athlete. You know, give me a a tall, 
slender, athletic guy, and we can find a place for him. Get him in the strength and conditioning program. Uh, you never know what you're going to end up with. You might have a guy that ends up being, you know, 215, 218, and is a safety. You may have a guy that stays right there uh, under 200 pounds as a long corner for you. You just never know. Uh, just get the athletes in there and throw them out there and see if they can compete with the big boys. Can't have too many athletes. Okay. Now it's time for the bad news, <laughs> the unfortunate news, but news that Teddy and you and I, you know, we weren't going to throw Mikey Henderson's business out there, but this had been rumored uh, since this whole thing happened. And, you know, you and I had both talked to people that had mentioned that Mikey Henderson was possibly the third guy in that robbery, uh, along with Seth McGowan and Trajan Bridges. Once again, everything's still alleged, right? Uh, alleged, alleged. But uh, an arrest warrant has been submitted for Mikey Henderson. After an investigation, it was determined that he was the third individual involved in alleged armed robbery that resulted in the arrests of Seth McGowan and Trajan Bridges. Also that incident resulted in McGowan and Bridges being removed from the team and now has resulted in Mikey Henderson being dismissed from the team. Ted, this, this is, it's not good, right? It's not good. When you, when you talk about Mikey Henderson being a versatile piece that we thought could be, a big back for them that we thought could play a role for this team and what's supposed to be a year where they make a run in a national championship. You want all the talent you can have. And it's a talented guy. That's no longer part of this program. That's right. Um, it's a guy that it's a guy that um, was going to have a ton of opportunity. It's a guy that, you know, was going to benefit from, you know, having a room that was going to have some attrition. Um, you know, he could have been a, a closer for him, four-minute four offense guy. I thought he was going to fit into that split-back formation that they did really nicely because he can block and he can carry the football, short yardage goal line. I mean, he's 6'2", 230 pounds in a room full of guys that are all like 5'10", 5'11", 190 to 210. I mean – he possessed something that no one else in that room did. Plus, he was incredibly athletic, fast, could catch the ball really well. So he had all of the tools. He had a great offense to work in. He had a top-notch coach and all of the opportunity in the world. That's why it's so frustrating. You know, I just can't understand why someone would do that, why someone would, um, you know, throw that opportunity away. It's it's sad. Honestly, it's really sad. You know, you had a top-notch opportunity at a, a great education. You had a top-notch opportunity to, you know, compete at the highest level at a minimum, play in some fantastic football games and be, be a part of a championship team and possibly go to the NFL and who knows what happens. You know, it's not that I, I don't know what's going to happen from this point on. He's been dismissed from the program. You know, I don't know what ends up happening with the charges. I don't know if he is going to be able to play football somewhere else in time. I don't know any of that, but it's going to be really, really difficult, if not impossible, to overcome. Yeah. 
And you look at those three guys, McGowan, Bridges, and now Henderson. And once again, you, you, you just want this to hopefully not derail their, not only their football careers, but their lives, right? I mean, these are young kids that made a bad, bad, just really dumb mistake. But you, know, you hope that they're able to overcome that and you know live their lives we'll, we'll we'll see what ends up happening and coming out of this entire thing but i do think henderson getting dismissed is a good thing and that's that's why i say that this um i, I say that because players know right when, when guys do something in a locker room like if you know players talk to each other mm-hmm. so I've got a feeling that a bunch of guys in that locker room knew he was part of this, knew he was there. Right. Yeah. And that, that probably now when you're your teammate, you're not, you're not going to rat him out. Right. But having that dynamic in the locker room, having a guy in there that, you know, did something this stupid, I think it's best that he's out of there. Right. You, you know what I mean? I, I because, I would find it very difficult to believe that none of those guys within the locker room, I'm not saying the coaches, right? The coaches, you, when you're, when you're a coach, you got to let it play out from a legal standpoint. Like you got to let the investigation run its course, right? That's, that's your responsibility as a coach and you got to back your player, but his teammates were probably looking at him every day going this stupid. I mean, come on. And the fact that he's no longer in there, the no, that that dynamic no longer exists, I think this is a this is an addition by subtraction situation, Ted. Yeah, that's right. Um, if there's any good that comes from this, maybe it's the 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 guys on the team that maybe weren't handling themselves properly off the field take a look and say, dang, man, these guys may be going to jail, maybe going to prison. Like, armed robbery, felony robbery, like, that's not spend a, a week or two in the county jail. We're talking about the big house. And maybe that's a real reminder for guys that you've got a great opportunity in front of you and just just handle yourself properly. I just, I don't. I cannot rationalize how this happens. I can't rationalize it. Like, it's not a mistake. A mistake is, you know, a fight at the bar or some things are a mistake. Like, I know this is not a mistake. This was a choice. Yeah, you don't just, I mean, you don't just mistakenly end up robbing someone via gunpoint right that is a premeditated planned right and we we went through all this when it happened but yeah it's uh, i don't think there you you can really say anything other than it was incredibly stupid yeah and i like i said i i just hope that it's a it's a teaching moment a learning moment for anyone on a team that is, 
I don't know, has plans of maybe doing like something like that in the future, which I can't imagine that would be the case, but you know, here we are. Yeah. And I, I will say this and I didn't bring it up when it happened because I didn't think it was appropriate, but now that, you know, he's no longer part of the OU, OU program months ago, uh, before spring ball, I had a coach in the American athletic conference reach out to me. And he told me that Mikey Henderson had asked their head coach about transferring there. So there was something weird. Like I, and we've talked about some of the weird stuff with Mikey Henderson up to this point. So there was just something weird going on with him in general. Uh, now that's like, so once again, you know, I, I, I wish him the best. I think he's a talented player. I, I, I thought he was a guy that could have played in the National Football League. He could have made a lot of money playing football. Basically, he has, he has the body type of an NFL guy. Yeah. As, He's a kid was just a freshman last year. I mean, he was he looked apart. And you talk about what he could do on special teams as well. Like, he had a really bright future. But uh, it just seems like some things were a little off. And, and now this. But hope, hope that uh, – Hope it doesn't derail everything for him. I, I don't know, but we'll we'll see. I mean, just yep. but now it's it, it's still a deep running back room for Oklahoma. And for uh, our call your shot question, we asked, uh, "What was your reaction to the Mikey Henderson news? How do you think it affects OU's season?" Uh, the the mad lineman on Twitter says, "Kind of shocked, but the team will be fine, of course." They're always deep, especially at running back. Brett Chilcote says, disappointed. Hopefully these young men can recover from this. Should be fine depth-wise. He wasn't likely getting a lot of touches. I I agree that they've got depth at running back. There's no doubt about it. But that depth, I you, you mentioned it, Ted. I don't think they have anyone, maybe Marcus Major, but Marcus Major's not He's not the size that Henderson was. They, I don't know if they have someone that can fill that big back role. I just, I don't know. Yeah. Here's the thing. They're better as a, as a position group with Mikey Henderson there. There's no doubt in my mind, assuming that, that you don't have all these things hanging right. over the football team and everything. His athleticism is really unmatched in that room. And I'm talking about uh, like all around athleticism, size, strength, speed, uh, all of those things put together. That room is better with him in there and all the different versatility he brings. I would say that we're numbers deep, okay, in the running back room, but in my opinion, it's yet to be determined how quality the depth is. Potentially, really good. If Eric Gray looks like he did in the spring and Kennedy Brooks returns to previous form and you got Marcus Major, who I think is a good all-around back as your number three, and, you know, some other additions in there too, okay, we're, we got some good depth there. But if... You don't get Kennedy Brooks from previous seasons. That all of a sudden, you I don't I don't know how deep you necessarily are at running back. 
right? And remember only a couple of years ago, we were talking about, oh my gosh, the running back room for Oklahoma is just so, so deep. And then injury, yep, another injury, another injury. Like it, that, that, at that position, it can, it can change quickly. So I'm, yep. I'm with you. Ten. All right, let's move on to the National College Football Roundup. But first, let's talk money. First Fidelity Bank is a full-service financial institution based in Oklahoma with tailored solutions for all your personal and business needs. Checking accounts, saving accounts, home loans, and much more. They do it all. Whether it's online banking from your computer or mobile banking from your phone, everything is stress-free with FFB. Making mobile deposits, paying bills online, and moving money to different accounts could not be easier. First Fidelity Bank also provides free ATMs worldwide, making banking convenient wherever you are. They also give back to the community. FFB donates a total of more than $500,000 to local charities and educational foundations. Make your life easier and go bank at First Fidelity Bank. Visit ffb.com for more information. And don't forget to send your kids to Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School, Teddy. Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School has a long tradition of educational excellence with a 12 to 1 student to teacher ratio, no student is overlooked. Bishop McGinnis's college prep curriculum offers 22 AP courses. There are numerous clubs and organizations for students to join. And as a proud member of the OSSAA, there are 14 sports offered. If you want to provide the best possible educational and spiritual development for your children, contact Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School or visit bmchs.org. Financial aid is available. Okay, National College Football Roundup. There's one thing I wanted to hit here. Ted, and it is this interesting development we're starting to see when it comes to the name, image, and likeness stuff uh, in college football in particular. So, and, and I'm not talking about the, and when I bring this up, I'm not talking about like the guys given to charity, right? We saw Spencer Rattler say he's going to come out, uh, start donating some of the proceeds to what to, you know, underprivileged or, I think he, what did he, the term he used was underserved or underprivileged. I can't remember, but he, he's going to give some money to the charity, right? Is the way, so, way he made it sound from his NIL deals. Uh, Casey Thompson, you saw he's donating a portion of the money he makes on, cam, uh, on Cameo to No Kid Hungry uh, as an organization trying to eliminate child hunger in the country. Like, and, and that stuff's great, but, there, there is this interesting development I want to talk about, and that that comes to guys trying to give money to their teammates. Because you you look at De'Eric King, he said he wants to hold NIL functions for the Miami guys and split the money evenly to teammates who send stipend checks home to their families that are struggling. Anai Smith, the kid to kind of do everything back from Texas A&M, tweeted that every one of his teammates will receive a percentage of whatever profits he receives from any NIL deals. And my question is why? Why do these kids feel the need why do, do you think they're starting to feel do, do you think they feel obligated to share with their teammates because i i for one, i don't really understand it i don't well 
I would, uh, my guess would be um, they're trying to, trying to keep the divide in the locker room from the haves and the have nots, you know, um, they're, they're trying to, to keep everyone together and essentially say that, Hey, I recognize that I'm a star player, but I also recognize that I wouldn't be on this level if it weren't for every one of you guys in the, in the positions that you play. So, and I, I think there's a big pitch between a lot of coaching staffs out there and administrations out there that we don't want this thing to divide us. We want this to be something good for our football team, but we don't want it to destroy our locker room. And I think some guys are taking that to heart and, um, and saying that they're going to give, if they're making money, they're going to make sure that, that the rest of their team is, is at least getting something. I don't know what that percentage may be, but that would be my guess. Yeah. The, the kid from A&M is the one that really caught my attention because I saw it and I was like, okay, I guess that's cool. But I, and I'm not, uh, I'm, I wasn't a business major or anything like that, but if he's giving guys money, that is going to have to be documented in some form or fashion. It will have to be documented as a gift. You can give anyone up to, I think, $13,000 in a gift, but it does have to be documented as such, I believe. Is it eleven or $13,000? I think it's is, thirteen. Is he going to do that all himself? Doubtful. Some paperwork about that, 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 that is my whole deal to this. And, and I don't, he doesn't, I don't know that he necessarily, if he gets the check and I don't know, maybe someone will comment on here. That's a tax professional. Yeah. If tax he gets bros, paid for something, up. deposits it into his account, he can div- divvy it out as much as he wants, as long as he doesn't give someone a gift over $13,000. Is he I just going to go? go throughout the locker room, handing out cash. Like I, I guess that's my thing. And I feel Is that pay for play. Is that legal? I, I, can you do that? <laughs> my, my whole feeling on this situation. And, and when I saw these things, <sighs> it's that these, these kids, you know, they, they, they want to share, you know, right. They, they want everyone to eat per se, but it just gets really complicated. And for whatever reason, and maybe it's because one of one of my pieces of advice to uh, you know recruits in college, football players in general is be selfish. Right? It, like it's great. Like Derek King, it's great that he wants to help his teammates out, but what happens if something happens to that knee again? Wums if he never plays it down in the NFL. Wums yep. if he doesn't make it as a quarterback. Wums if something happens to the Smith kid from AM. Wums if tears his Achilles, blows his knee out. Like my advice to these kids would be maximize it for yourself. And I know that sounds selfish, but it's a violent game 
man. And it can be gone quick. So I, I admire the kids. I don't, I don't want to make it sound like I don't like, I disagree with what these kids are doing, but I think the way that this has been covered, the way that some people in the media have presented this, some of the fear mongering around this, it has pushed kids to do things like this. When I think that they should be as selfish as they can on this stuff. They should, they should maximize their earning potential right now because you never know when that earning potential is going to disappear in this sport. I, I don't know, man, maybe, maybe, and you're, you're the ultimate team guy. So I could see you disagreeing with me on this tip, but I just, I just saw it and I saw Derek King and I want to be like, dude, people are still questioning whether or not you could play quarterback in the NFL. Like you need you need to, what is it? You got to deal with hunks hauling junk or whatever it's called for 20 right. grand. It's like, you need to keep that money for yourself, man. Yeah. You don't want to end up being one of the hunks hauling junk. Okay. Exactly. You, just want, you just want to endorse them. Um, I'm with you. And I, Hey, I'll tell you right now, if, if you are a successful quarterback or in my case, uh, a linebacker, I got no problem investing in my defensive line, okay, and saying, you guys keep doing your thing. I'm reaping the benefits on the back end. Let's go to dinner, right? Uh, Dinner's on me. You know, in the NFL, if a quarterback has an MVP season or has a good year or I think, quite frankly, just in general, um, usually getting the offensive line some type of gift at the end of the year, I – some of that stuff is understood, like, but carving out a percentage for every single player on the roster seems like a bit much. You know, let's let's give something maybe to the guys that are protecting you, that are kind of the unsung heroes. I get some of that, and you know, the other thing is, I don't. As of right now, I don't think we're talking about giving everyone a percentage of a million dollars that you're going to make this year, you know, you start cutting up, you start cutting up your $5,000 endorsement check a hundred ways. Well, uh, you're not going to be left with a whole heck of a lot. I just think it's like the sentiment's great, right? You, you, you want to come off as a good teammate, especially if you're one of the star players, especially if you're making uh, some good money with some NIL stuff. Like I, I understand that they may feel obligated to share with their teammates. I'm here to tell any college football player that wants to listen that you don't have to do that. That for some of you, and it would have been this way for me, it would have been the this way for you, Teddy, your marketability and your earning potential from an endorsement standpoint is the highest it's ever going to be right now. Take advantage of that and don't feel bad keeping the money for yourself because you shouldn't feel bad. You worked extremely hard. These kids work extremely hard to get to this point and they didn't do it alone. They know that, but you don't have to share 
the monetary benefits that you are now allowed to bring in. You don't. No. It it it, it may play well on Twitter. It it may make you look good, but I the people I don't know, who man. are stroking the check don't care. I guarantee you that it, it doesn't change your value to them at all. The agreed upon terms are going to be the agreed upon terms and they're not going to give you extra cause you're, you're cutting your teammates in. Um, but Hey, it, the other thing is once you say it, once you tweet it out, you put yourself in a position with your teammates to where, okay, you did it on the first couple of things. Now all of a sudden it's like, Hey man, I saw you did that, uh, that Burger King photo shoot, where's, where's my cut? What's, what's going on here? So I don't know. I, I don't think necessarily it's foolish. I just think it's, it's kind of short-sighted. And I do think that there's probably been some pressure, not necessarily to share the wealth, but to not let this divide the team. And I think that's these guys – only, I mean, you got to understand some of these kids, 18, 19, 20 years old, first time that they've been offered any type of decent money for anything. And, you know, they feel good about helping everyone else out. That's going to change <laughs> probably the first time they get that check in, cash it, deposit it, and then uh, go start withdrawing to give to the rest of the team. But yeah, maybe it, not. It's... It does feel good to give money away. It does. But I just, I think that, uh, I think that these kids should be selfish with this. It's just the way that, and I, I had a conversation with someone about it and they said, well, this, this will be something NFL teams will see what they're doing. They'll go, oh man, that's a team first guy. Listen, the NFL cares about one thing. Can you play? <laughs> They right. will take the worst human being on earth if he can play. You can be the best guy in the world. You can share everything with your teammates, everyone in the building that knows you can say awesome things about you. And you'll go undrafted. Because I, that's exactly what happened to me. I might also say that... Like, it doesn't matter how good of a teammate are you. Like, it's in that league, it is about can you play or can you not? I would also say that some people in the NFL would view that as you're not motivated by money. And that would go as a strike against you. Correct. So... They, they want the desperate guys. Yeah. Yeah. Just Wait, I do disagree with you that it does not feel good to give away money. Every time I look at a pay stub and I see all the money, money that I gave away to the federal government, it does not feel good. It feels horrible. It feels <laughs> like I, I don't was look, robbed. I don't, I don't look at pay stubs. Just don't even look <laughs> at it. Dead. Just, Smart. Oh, it is what it is. The deposit is what it is. All right, let's move on to our winners and losers of the week. But first, do you own a business? If you do, you need Insurica in your life. Insurica is one of the country's largest insurance brokers with 30 offices throughout Oklahoma, Texas, and the Southwest. Insurica is able to customize programs by accessing the latest information from many insurance carriers. They compare and contrast coverage offerings and pricing in order to design a cost-effective, comprehensive program to meet your business's specific needs. Insurica's clients become best-in-class businesses by working with Insurica's team of advisors to manage risk. 
Purchasing insurance is only one way to protect your business. Best-in-class businesses win by avoiding a loss in the first place. If your business partners with Insurica, you'll save huge amounts of money and take back control of your total cost of risk. I'm an Insurica client, and you should be too. If your business wants to be best-in-class, connect with Insurica at Insurica.com. That's I-N-S-U-R-I-C-A.com. And guys, Summer is here, and you know what that means. It is hard seltzer season, baby. And there's only one hard seltzer that we drink on this podcast, and that is Will and Widely Hard Seltzer from Coupe Works. It's perfect for any occasion. We drink it by the pool, at the lake, and at the tailgate. It is made in Oklahoma, and it is absolutely delicious. Will and Wiley is customized for the Oklahoma lifestyle. Go find it right now in a store near you, and go follow them on social media at, at Will and Wiley. As always, Ted, kick us off. Who do you have as your winner of the week? Well, speaking of some NIL stuff and uh, sharing the wealth, I got to go with the roster at the U. Every single guy on roster has been offered a $6,000 endorsement uh, by Dan Lambert, owner of ATT America or American Top Team uh, Mixed Martial Arts. Uh, I think he's got 48, 50 or so in South Florida uh, areas around around there that that people go and train, train a couple of the top fighters in uh, like UFC and stuff. And uh, he's offering it up to everyone, which comes up to over half a million dollars a year that he's willing to invest in the program. Anyone on roster has a $6,000 deal if they want it, $500 a month. All you got to do is uh, put out some social media stuff, Maybe uh, maybe do, I don't know, appearances or whatever, but everyone at the U has an endorsement deal right now. As long If I'm one of those players, as long as I don't have to fight any of the MMA dudes, I'm taking that money. Like, I'm taking that money right now. I think I, I read that, like, it's where Amanda Nunes changed. Like, I think it's a, it's a pretty... Uh, pretty impressive establishment that Dan Lambert is running. But Ted, did you see what he said? Like his reasoning behind all this? No, he, he basically, and I respect this so much and he's got, he hired the lawyer that helped write the state law there in Florida. So like he knows how to navigate this thing. He knows what's within the rules. Cause he's got this guy advising him. He basically said, you know what? I, I want Miami to be good again. I mean, he straight up said it. Yeah. He goes, he goes, yeah. I'm tired. I'm tired of, uh, f- my Florida friends, and my Florida state friends talking shit to me. He's like, I'm tired of it. I want to, I want Miami to be good again. And I think this will help. And I was like, you know what? I, I think this is what a lot of people feared when it yeah. came to the name image and likeness stuff, but college football's better when Miami's good, man. And maybe this is. This is what it takes. A guy that runs I, a bunch of MMA gyms, giving these dudes money. I, I, I got no problem with it. Let him do it with I, his money what he wishes. I'll just tell you right now, Miami, it, it's not a big college, college town, okay? But there is some serious cash in Miami, all right? Some serious cash. And whenever that team was cooking and really good in the early 2000s, those players down there were superstars. 
and there's a lot of businesses there. There's a lot of nightclubs there. There's a, there's a lot of opportunities for those guys. And we've already seen, they've already been in the headlines a couple times already with the Eric Keene stills. And now with this, I think this is a chance. I think Miami is one of the few teams out there that could benefit from this in a real way, in a big way. And I think maybe USC is another one. You think about when USC was really good, those guys out there in, in LA were superstars. Okay. Um, now the, the pro situation was a little bit different out there at the time, but those guys were superstars. I think those are a couple of programs and there's probably a handful of others out there, but, uh, I think this could change the dynamic for a couple of different teams out there. Yeah, no, there's, there's no doubt about it. And speaking of some NIL news, I just want to say this. We have, we have talked to Joe Castiglione. Mm-hmm. because there are a couple of current OU athletes, won't, won't say them by name, but uh, very recognizable is how I would describe them. They reached out to me asking about coming on this podcast. And I informed Joe that I had been contacted by some athletes, and he has informed me that we are allowed to have current OU athletes on this podcast. Now we cannot pay them. And I promise you, we were not going to, <laughs> that is you don't want to share the wealth. Come no. on, Gabe. No, we're no, no, no. What, remember that whole speech you I had about being selfish. It, it feels good to give money away. Right. But we will not be paying them, nor could we be, and we didn't want to put anything in jeopardy with, you know, our roles with OU, our roles on the broadcast, but you no, know, these these people reached out to us, so uh, it has it has been agreed upon that we can have them on. They can plug all their stuff they got going on from a name, image, and likeness standpoint, and we just have to let the SIDs and each course corresponding sport know. So we will uh, we'll get to work on that. Coming soon. Coming possibly next week all right we'll see we'll see there's been there's been discussions but so that that's going to be fun uh that way you know we're you know letting letting OU fans know what these kids got going on because I think I do think OU fans care about that stuff so uh that'll be fun Ted all right who do you have as your loser of the week uh, I hated to see this uh Shikari Richardson under meters uh Olympic gold contender ran 10, eight, I think at the Olympic trials out there in Eugene, Oregon, tested positive for marijuana, uh, mandatory 30 day suspension. That's going to put her out of the hundred meters at the Olympics. Now she would have been able to compete in the four by one relay, but the USA track team left her off the roster, which means she's not going to the uh, 2021 games in Tokyo, Japan. Yeah, and this has been this has been something that has caused a lot of debate, right? Because did she break the rules? Yes. Are the rules stupid? Yes. It it is what it is. 
right? And you, you throw in uh, kind of her personal situation, right? With her biological mother dying, her using the weed kind of as a coping mechanism. Like, and there's a, there's a deeper conversation here about mental health and athletics, but I, why, why does the U S not want their fastest woman on the relay team? I don't, that, that, that's where like, okay, she's suspended for the hundred meter. Okay. Whatever the rule stupid. It is what it is. Like she can't run in it, but she would have been able to run from what I understood. She'd been able to run in the four by one. She's the fastest human being had the fastest woman in this country. Why the hell isn't she on the Olympic team? If you can use her like dude, that, that's all I want to see, Ted. When I watch the Olympics, I want to see one thing, America win. That's it. It, This is the fastest, fastest woman we got in the country. They're not taking her. I, what, what, what? I don't know. I have no idea. I don't know if it means like her suspension means that she can't be with the team and practice whatever practice it is they're doing for the four by one. Let's be honest. She's been doing it for a long time. You're the anchor leg. You run until someone puts the baton in your hand and then you go. Okay. I don't know how much practice is required there, but um, I I'm with you. I don't know why they made that decision. If, if they had the ability to have her there and available, they should have taken it. Um, I will say though, you know, the recently the, I, I think the U S and the, um, uh, world anti-doping agency, I think is who the Olympics use or, or whatever that body is, has recently changed the marijuana threshold to where in order to have a positive test, the athlete would have had to have smoked marijuana within the day or hours before they tested the day of the event which you know what you're you're running in the trials for the olympics that happen every four years i don't i just i can't man i can't understand it it's similar it's similar to the nfl combine drug tests right or the training camp drug tests in the nfl we're gonna tell you when it is i i once had a coach tell me that it is not a drug test. The, the, the NFL combine drug test. It's not a drug test. It is an IQ test. <laughs> right. Are you stupid? Enough? And now she, there's, you know, some extenuating circumstances with her and it sounds like she, you know, was dealing with a lot on her mind. I will say this and we're not big weed guys, right? We, we don't come on here and talk about smoking weed and all that. Stuff. It's, it's not our thing, but like it doesn't enhance your performance. I imagine in sprinting, but you, you and I both know new guys that in the NFL would go into their car, smoke a little weed before practice, you know, get them in the right mindset. I don't know, but I mean, it's definitely a thing with some athletes and turns out it, I'm not sure. I've heard it said both ways. Shakari, Shakari. I don't know. It's I've heard both, but I mean, there's no way it 
enhanced her performance. I don't think so. I, I don't. It shouldn't be against the rules. Like it makes I no agree. Sense. Now, part of it is, and I agree. It should it um, it should be uh, shouldn't be tested for at all. Oh, we got dog barking. Oh, Teddy's mad. We got dog barking. Um, <laughs> this is what happens be- when we do it during the day instead of at night. Oh, now he's yelling. Okay, I'll give you the play-by-play. I believe he's going with shut up is what I'm reading. Yes, he's saying repeatedly going shut up. There, I'm leaving all this in, Ted. You know me. Oh, my gosh. Which dog? You have two now. Which dog? Is it's it Simon? Simon, the big one. Simon. That should know better. Come on, man. Um, Figure it out, Simon. Are you about to? You look like you're about to hurt. Not, not, I, you would never harm your dogs. I'm not. I'm saying not going to harm the dog. You, I'm harming him with my eyes right now. You, you are staring into his soul. Oh, here we go. He is. Here we go. He's back. He's back to doing it. Oh, oh. Now that I think the dog may be coming in the room. Oh, I think we. The dog is I being. The, the dog is making an appearance. Is, no, stop, stop. I don't even know where I was going. I don't think uh, it should be tested. I, I don't know why it is. The They do have to, like, follow the world standards, I believe, and it's still a world standard that they have to test for it. I, otherwise, I don't think they would in the U.S. Right. All right, for my winner of the week, I, I thought about going with Oregon's Kevon Thibodeau. Now he's if everything goes according to plan for him, he's going to be a top five NFL draft pick next year. Wait, is he was he a freshman last year? Oh, he's young. No, he'll be. Was he? He'll be, I think. I think he'll be a junior. junior? Won't he? I think so. He'll be a junior, right? Yeah, I think that's right. And so he's going to be rich either way. But he has partnered somehow with Phil Knight and Tinker Hatfield, the guy that you know does a lot of the Jordan stuff. He, he's got an NFT thing going on with them. I don't know. He's going to be rich, Ted. So good good for him. He's he's an, an outstanding player. But there's only one way to go, man. Winner of the week, Chris Paul. It's It continues to be fantastic to watch him and the Phoenix Suns. He was awesome in game one of the NBA Finals. He picked the Bucks defense apart and i loved bootenholzer after the game he was like yeah i mean we kind of tried everything and nothing worked we're gonna have to go back to the old drawing board against it because you know they were switching all kind of stuff he would just get into the matchup he wanted and would absolutely cook people uh, it, it was fun to watch uh he did it with the jumper he did it in the mid-range shot the three well got to the basket I mean, the he, mid-range is back. What's happening? The mid-range is the back. NBA. Oh my god! But he, I, and I was like, "You sure you want to embarrass crazy eyes Bobby Portis like that, man?" Okay, uh, make that make that choice. I don't know if that's the smartest one, but you you may want to you may want to apologize to that guy. He's a he seems like an interesting dude, but I I thought he did a great job of pushing the pace of the game. For the Suns, and you you heard the Bucks talk about it after the game that they they're going to have to adjust to the Suns playing that quickly. Uh, Chris Paul just fantastic in the third quarter, especially of that game. Ends up with thirty two 
and nine assists. It, Ted, it's just crazy to think about how much his reputation has changed in the last couple seasons. And I think that reputation is going to go to a new level when the Suns win the NBA Finals in six games. Yeah, uh, I, I agree. I think they're going to win it, Suns in four. Uh, I think it's awesome to watch a, a team that is as young as they are, like just everyone come together when it's like, oh, my God, we got a chance to win this thing. Like DeAndre Ayton, what? <laughs> where, where did this dude come from? He's an absolute animal all of a sudden on the glass, and, and um, it's just fun. And it's fun to see a fan base that appreciates that moment and where they are and is just absolutely tearing that town apart right now. It's awesome. I think that fan base, what, uh, the best way to describe them is maybe unapologetically obnoxious. <laughs> right. Right. Yes. I, I think that's a, that's a good way to put it. But, yeah, you mentioned Aiden, and, and clearly Devin Booker is just fantastic. And But Aiden is the one, and you hear Chris Paul talk about him, too. It's, it, it's fun to watch him. And the dude plays well, with such Paul great effort. Was the perfect guy, and it's a perfect time in his career, right? Whenever he needs to win, he needs to be a glue guy. He doesn't have very many opportunities left to come in for a guy that a lot of people were questioning, um, you know, and and they shouldn't have been. You know, situation has a lot to do with everything. To kind of take him under his wing and. And help him. That's been awesome to watch, man. 22 and 19 for Aiden in game one. I mean, just I, I saw a stat and it was players that had 20 points, uh, 15 plus rebounds, and shot over 80% from the field in a finals game. Uh, I believe it was in the shot clock era. It was DeAndre Aiden, Wilt Chamberlain, Shaq, Kareem. And Bill Russell. Bill like that Russell, was the list. Wow. <laughs> I was like, oh my Nuts. gosh. Okay. Go go on and do your thing, DeAndre Aiden. All right, for my loser of the week. Thought about going with people that don't like penalty kicks because I don't know about you, Ted, but I've been watching a lot of soccer during the day because it's just on. I mean, it's on. And saw Italy advance to the Euro finals, beating Spain in penalties, uh, Messi in Argentina beat Colombian penalties to go to the Copa America final. I was just like, Ooh, man, if you don't like penalties, if that's not your thing, then it's been a rough couple of days. Does that person exist? I mean, isn't that what we all hope for whenever it comes to soccer? About midway through the first half. Sometimes I'm like, can we just fast forward to the penalties? Like I get it. It's the beautiful game. That should just be the game. They just show up. They, they go to go to penalties and that's it. Yeah. I also thought about going with Rachel Nichols. Ooh, I mean, got roasted far and wide for the well, stuff I, she said about Maria Taylor, and rightfully so. Well, what did I guess? What did she say that was so bad? And maybe I misread the statement. I I think just maybe what it in kind of inferred is what what people didn't like. I would say, you know, I mean, a white woman coming and saying that a black woman got a job because ESPN was concerned about diversity. I think it's it has a sort 
You know, like the tone of it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, clearly what she said was wrong because they pulled her off the broadcast, right? Uh, they didn't have the jump that day. Like they, and I will say this, this is something that has been festering within that organization. I've got sources, Ted. This had been a long time coming. They, they knew this was going to come out. But well, between, between those two, yeah, when she said this, and you know, it's kind of, and because Maria Taylor's redoing her contract right is now, the, too. Is, the, is it true that Maria Taylor's group or whatever is the one that leaked it? I, I can neither confirm nor deny, but I mean, who really cares who leaked it? Now, <laughs> right. and, with this stuff. I mean, it's going to come out. You know, what I'm saying no, no matter how buttoned up an organization an organization like ESPN, right? It, no matter how buttoned up it is, like something like this happens now in any type of corporation, it's going to come out. That's what, that's what people need to learn. Or well, just like, don't say dumb stuff and don't think that way. That's also good advice. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, the whole thing is, is fascinating. And it's probably been the most entertaining thing uh, that's unfolded on ESPN in, in some time, but, Boom, roasted. I it's I don't know. Maria Taylor's got her deal coming up. I'm I'm sorry. She's great, but if they pay her what she's asking for, they're insane. But they probably will. I mean, I she's a sideline analyst. Or not analyst, a sideline reporter. Like that doesn't drive ratings at all. You don't watch a game because of the sideline reporter. Yeah, she does the studio stuff now. The NBA, she does. I think she does a lot, and that's probably, yeah. The figure is uh, that's something. What was it like seven million or something? Eight, wasn't it eight? Oh my gosh, that's. A- I think she makes one million now, and she's asking for eight, a seven million dollar raise. I think I could have that totally wrong. That- seven or eight, either uh, or. ESPN, I will do it for half. Right. I will do it for half. Call me. Sounds good. All right. I love Maria Taylor, by the way. She's cool. Every time I've interacted interacted with her on the sideline, she's always very nice to me. So um, I hope she gets her money. Get get your money, Maria. Do what you got to do. But my loser of the week, Tom Brady. And there's – I'm not sure there's a day where Tom Brady's losing, man, just with, you know, what he's done, the the home life, the looks, the whole thing like that. The guy's got it going on. Let's let's be real. But – he and Phil Mickelson take the L in the match against Aaron Rodgers and Bryson DeChambeau. And maybe my favorite part of the whole thing was you know, the last five or six holes when it's starting to set in on Brady that him and Mickelson are going to lose. He just started getting so pissed, hit a couple of bad shots, and you could just see like the veins in his neck. He had like the full Teddy Lehman going on, <laughs> but it, they cut to him for an interview. He's, he's like, golf is impossible. I don't know why I'm playing this stupid sport. It was it was something we could all relate to, Ted, but there's no sugar coating it. Aaron Rodgers outplayed him, and that had to piss Brady off so badly, man. He played well. He was just ripping it off the tee. Um, hit a couple of really nice approaches. He he was awesome. He played really good. That course was awesome too. 
It looked okay. I, I will say this: How many balls did not only you know Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, but how many balls did Mickelson and DeChambeau lose? I was like, this place is. I mean, they, especially around the green. Like, if you fly it a little bit, I was like, I don't want to play this course ever. It seems impossible. Aaron on on the back nine. I think it was it was probably like number fourteen. I think it was a long par five. Aaron Rodgers hit a perfect drive, just a bomb left side of the fairway because it was sloping left to right, just right where you want to hit it. And it's gone off the right side. It was insane. I that I would shoot a thousand on that course. I I don't know. I don't know if I could fit enough golf balls in the bag, <laughs> especially now. Haven't haven't swung a club since since the child was born. Uh, we'll we'll get back to it eventually. Maybe yeah. you know. Maybe after it was fun though. I watched more of that than I did the the finals game. I was back and forth between the two, and I kept finding myself leaving it on the golf. Phil, it's because of Phil. I mean, he's funny, him. Man. First of all, his his jokes are great, and the second I'll say this: kick Nick Faldo out. Put Phil in whatever he wants because the most entertaining, like in the banter back and forth. And I will say this, DeShambo, a little more likable than I thought. A little more likable. Yeah. I, I actually, he actually made me laugh a couple times. Did not see that coming. But Mickelson describing his thought process on a shot and saying, okay, you know, uh, it's a 60 yard shot. You know, I've got my 60-yard swing. I know exactly where I need to take the club back. Now, it slopes this way. This is the degree, so this is where I want to land it. So this is what I got. Him going through all of that and then doing exactly what he says, it, it blows my mind, dude. Like, it, it it blows. that. That's the biggest difference is him being able to say exactly what he wants to do with the golf ball and then do it. I mean, that it, it's like sorcery to me. Yeah. It's impressive. It's cool. He would also be annoying as hell to play around against because uh, he's never shut up, just constantly talking yeah, and he's, jawing. And, he's also one of the best golfers ever. So, yeah, right. he, he's he's going to talk that talk out there on the course. There's no I, doubt. I liked when uh, Aaron Rodgers, whenever – I don't – they were talking – I just flipped it over and happened to catch it, but they were talking about whatever gum uh, Mickelson was chewing and Aaron Rodgers was uh, – what was he saying? It was like cannabis gum or something. Yeah, Rogers funny. had some good, he had some good one-liners, especially when he, he and DeChambeau started taking it to him. They, uh, they were working in some good. I will say this. If I'm a Packers fan, the way that he danced around that question. Ooh, boy. I mean, I would, I would not feel comfortable right now. I wouldn't be in a great mood. I wouldn't feel comfortable watching him play golf. It's like, oh, my God, he's been playing more golf than he's been throwing footballs right now. Maybe he's not playing. He he said he hadn't played much. Okay. Oh, oh, so you're just you're just the best putter now on planet Earth just without and practicing? Okay. Who's about to play in a, a, a four-person match play televised for the entire world to see that just shows up and wings it? Nobody. It would be, please tell me that's not what he did because it'd be even more infuriating. Like the guy's an incredible <laughs> quarterback. He's like, ah, I'm not really going to practice. I'm just going to, I'll give it the old college trial, get out there. They used like, at one point it was like six of seven holes 
where they were using his drive instead of DeChambeau, and DeChambeau hits the ball a mile. Yeah. It's crazy. It it was it was fun. It was cool. I was down for it. I, I really enjoyed it. I hope they keep doing it. I I thought that it was only one of those things where I thought it was I would enjoy it during the coronavirus stuff, right? Where there was nothing on. I'll watch that. Especially you put Phil on there and he walks you through that stuff and does that analysis and gets the other guys to do it like he did in this one. Yeah, I'll watch the hell out of that. Keep doing with the, it. I'm with with the right guys, they should do it like nonstop, not once a year. Like when I don't know, baseball is out of season and, and we're in football season, do it with some baseball guys. Just keep it going. I think just because I want to see how you react, I, I would like to see Phil and someone, maybe Phil and like Mahomes or someone like that, go against Tony Romo and Jordan. What, how do you say it? Speed? Is that what you go with? Speed. Yes. Speed. God. Oh, he would be annoying as hell on that thing. He doesn't. Oh, that would be that would be bad. No way. Throw Romo on there. Oh, you'd love it. Come yeah, on. Romo and Speed together would be the worst duo ever. That'd be horrible. Which is but why I'd I watch it. See it. I would watch it. I'd hate <laughs> watch the whole thing. <laughs> absolutely and on that note episode 127 in the books we'll have a new podcast that'll drop monday morning porter moser head basketball coach for the oklahoma sooners joins us it's an awesome interview just a reminder you can hear teddy from two to six on sports talk 1400 you can hear me from three to five on sirius xm big 12 radio channel 375 hope you all have a great weekend until next time we appreciate y'all for listening do what you always do, Oklahoma. Take care of each other. Just one more time